Got to take care of your computer, man. They require love and massaging. It's like a good woman. Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. Be sure and go there for all your U.S. national team gear, international club soccer. I mean, listen, the FIFA World Women's World Cup is right around the corner. Do you have the latest and greatest women's national team jerseys? That's some nice looking stuff. Get suited up. It's going to be fun. Good run. Going for three straight. They got everything over there at Soccer90, man. Balls, caps, jerseys. Soccer90.com. Use code Third Degree at checkout for 20% off. Some exclusions do apply. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to episode 216, 216 of Third Degree, the podcast. Hello, I am Peter, just hanging out via the internet with my good friend, Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. What's going on? Just another day in paradise, my friend. This lovely weather. I don't know. I'd hope paradise doesn't have a heat index of 120. (laughs) <laughs> Weight reduction program we're all underneath right now. I wish. And, uh, your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, the amazing Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. Peter, I'm a bit concerned that I might get a uh, email from Steve Davis tomorrow about all the names I'm mispronouncing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny when I... <laughs> so for those who aren't aware, Steve Davis posted a, uh, a, a small tirade on Twitter the other day um admonishing media members for mispronouncing as broadcasters broadcasters but yes okay broadcasters for mispronouncing player names repeatedly over a long period of time despite there being pronunciation guides and i for for a hot minute misread steve's thing because i thought it said it is it is pronounced tafari and i thought Man, I've been saying Tafari forever. I swear it's Tafari. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it took me a couple of minutes to realize that, uh, no, in fact, we have been saying it correctly all this time. So, Well, the one that annoys me is that I've been watching Tarek Scott for three years before he signed in the academy and calling him Tariq Scott to coaches, to parents, to other players. And nobody once said, it's not Tariq, it's Tarek. It wasn't until he signed and they put up the little audio thing that he says it. I was like, what? Damn it. Well, that's a problem for me because in the media game, he was my manager, and I repeatedly referred to him as uh, Tariq. Well, that's uh, <laughs> often nice of him not to say anything then, yes. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now that I now officially know that it's not pronounced Tariq and it's pronounced Tarek, I probably owe him an apology next time I see him, but... Again, I'm a guy with a last name nobody ever, ever gets right, and I'm never offended by it. So maybe I'm not as sensitive to it as I mm. should be. So there you go. People get mine wrong the very first time, and I have to correct them. But what do people get wrong about yours? Karik. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no E in it. So it's people say C-A-R-R-I-C-K, Karik, instead of Carrick. You know, even though there's famous people named Carrick, so it's, you know, relatively... So it's not uncommon, but that is weird. It's only consolation having a silent E in your name is, yeah, you know, <laughs> crooky. So, what do people get wrong about Welton? Oh, you're uh, oh, maybe Welton. because you, maybe because you're English, you're it's more uh, uh, obvious to you. But people pronounce it Huepton, uh-huh. Welton. I, nobody ever gets it right on the first try. And because it's such a rare name. I mean, I'm literally the only Peter Welpton in the Western Hemisphere of Earth. You do realize this, right? Wow. I'm the only one. There is nobody else named Peter Welpton. And the only other Peter Welpton I can find is a guy in England whose name is Pete Welpton. Well, you would think Buzz Carrick would be pretty damn rare, but there's is another it not? one. Is it not? I mean, it's pretty rare, but there's one or two on yeah. Facebook. Mm. I was shocked when I saw somebody with that yeah. same name because Carrick's a pretty rare name. There's probably less than 50 Welptons, period, in the United States. Mm. So. That's more rare, yeah. So we've just learned that you two spend all day Googling yourselves. Don't you? No. Oh, man. I have a Google alert. 
but that's only <laughs> for like pingbacks and stuff on articles. Well, to be fair, I do spend a large chunk of my time on relatively often social media type platforms doing what we do. So, yeah. you never Google yourself, Dan? Uh, uh, no. Okay. So maybe, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to do it now, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man, it felt it just feels like we're uh, vamping here to avoid the elephant in the room. Uh, three nothing <laughs> in Austin? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I, the, I don't remember that. three nothing in Austin. Game. The pantsing? I mean, pantsing, look, we all yeah. knew it was going to happen. Uh and I think I and, and I think there's probably a lot of people that would uh, say it was probably lucky that it was just three nothing. And I'm just going to admit f- straight up front, I had a dinner last night and I didn't watch the game. And then I saw the result and all the awful things said. So I just decided not to watch it because I don't need that kind of mental torture in my life right now. So I'm going to depend on you two to tell me just how bad it actually was, Buzz. Pretty damn bad. Uh, and not just that you were like missing relatively important pieces like Jesus Ferreira. And guys that have been missing for quite a while now, Paxton and Paul Ariola and and, and Olav until now legit. It wasn't just that you were missing those front pieces. You arguably had your first choice back seven, if you will. Granted, it's a double six pivot, may not be your first choice, but you know, for, for defensive sakes, Edwin and Facundo in front of Farfan, Nicosi, Ibiaga, Giovanni. Now, if you you want if you want to that argue like Giovanni, a starting, that sounds like a starting defense for this team. For it is. more times than not. Yeah, I mean, you can if you want to make an argument about Tuomasi Giovanni, whatever you can do that. Pause behind them. That's arguably your back seven. You know, certainly if you're playing a double pivot with sixes, that's your back seven. And those guys got smoked for three goals in the first half. Now, yes, being able to relieve pressure. It's part of that, and that's the whole dysfunction on the front half. But you still ought to be able to have less than three goals in the first half. And when the coach starts the press conference with, I don't like making excuses. We need to be better. Our defensive focus needs to be better. You know, that clearly was a problem. We expected the offense to stink. We didn't expect the defense to stink. Not when this is a defensive first coach, when he (laughs) likes to go on the road and grind out results and keep it tight and not let goals in and then go for it at the very end. This was nothing like that. This was a shellacking from the get-go across the board. Again, this year is the year of the word mentality, right? So there was a lot of flatness, a lot of not great mentality, not, not a lot of positivity, a lot of passiveness. You know, all that led to pretty much a romping. Uh, thankfully, they have a week and a half now to try and find some good form. When I saw the lineup image before I went to dinner last night, I thought to myself, if I had showed, if I had, go, if I had taken this image and traveled back in time to January 2023 or February 2023 and said, in the middle of the season, the second time you play Austin in Austin, this will be your starting 11, your reaction probably would <laughs> be, man, something horribly wrong has taken place. Has there been a plane accident of some mm-hmm. sort? Uh, because this is not a starting 11 that anybody would have uh, looked forward to several months ago, Buzz. Well, Oh, uh, and the fact that you started four fullbacks. Yeah, it, it's it's not just that necessarily. It's it, uh, well, That's a big part of it. You know, it, it's... When you, when you have a double six pivot, you need some progression and, and some build forward and some electric play out of your wide midfielders. And they had Junka, as you say, left back playing left mid. They had Colin Smith recently recalled, who's a better defender than Giovanni, by the way. So why not flip those two? That's a good question. But he's over there playing on the right. And it, when he does go forward, he's very direct. Giovanni's a better attacker. And then you have up on an island, you have Alan Velasco, who you're relying on in this game incredibly heavily, and Herbert Indole, who's hardly played at all, really. And while you see some tiny moments of what you like out of him, he and Smith both should be in the championship, if not the USL, uh, ne- sorry, MLS Next Pro, right? They, they shouldn't be playing in MLS at all. You know, Junk is starting out of position. You know, Alan Velasco is now starting out of position. Again, they break a second position to fix the first position. You know, it, it's just across the board. The whole front was just completely out of sorts. The fact that they managed to get six shots in the first half was kind of a miracle, honestly. And they actually had two of them on net. It was remarkable. I couldn't even imagine how they got that many because it was it felt even worse than that when they were just bleeding out the, the back end with the goals going in right and left. And if it hadn't been for Paws, it would have been a lot worse. Paws was not flawless by any means. He made some mistakes, but he also made like four massive saves. I felt like it could have been five or six nothing at halftime. It was so bad. 
It's a weird, I mean, look, it, I mean, it's a terrible loss. I guess the only way to come out of it is, well, we didn't assume we were going to win this anyway, but it obviously, it, it, it also sucks because it's against Austin who have been terrible all season and it, you just worry it gives them some sort of weird jump start, Right. And uh, along with the fact that Houston now has gotten good again, uh, it, it Dallas is just—it's just not the best time of of the year, is it, Dan? No, uh, the uh, the FC Dallas summer swoon has uh, long been a thing, and you know we're looking at the potential of that that being there again while everyone starts to get a little better. You know, we start the season thinking. You know, team kind of stood still a little bit in in uh, in the off season. The start was better than anyone expected. Well, you know, here's kind of where things uh, start to settle up, right? Yeah. To to be clear, they've now lost four or five, and the next game's against LAFC. So, you know, there no ties in there. <laughs> four losses out of five, with the one being the half game against St. Louis. You know, when you're able to. Not even even like a kickabout, you know. So it's not that this is going to make anybody feel better, but at least they're not still in fourth. Yeah, <laughs> at least at least what we think is the vibe, the overall vibe of the team is now starting to show up in the standings because it was very confusing up until last week. Yeah, I mean they've come back to where we talked about them at the beginning of the year, right? I mean we talked about them as being five, six, seven. I think most of us, this is kind of where we expected them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, but remember the Western Conference is so tight. You know, again, you're looking at those those points, you know, everybody, not the top three, but even even if you include that top three, St. Louis is on 29 and Houston is on 27 and Dallas is on 26. So you're talking about three points from second down to seventh. And then if you want to go down even down to like 12th, it's at 20 points. So it's less than 10 points from second to 12th. So you, one or two games dropped and you and you drop like a stone. I mean, this team could really quickly go from fourth to 10th. Uh, with a few more weeks of injury, you know the the MLS in general is, has so much parity. Even the very best teams like LAFC, you know, still has three losses. You know, and the very worst teams only have nine losses. Mm-hmm. So you know, everybody in the everybody is somewhere in this just this vague gradient of just average most of the time. Dallas is effectively five hundred. You know, they and a bunch of teams are all right there hovering around 500. So, yeah, the, the, the frightening part in Buzz, you did say they had lost uh, four of the last five. The problem is the one they won was that weird short halftime makeup thing against St. Louis, which feels like the one that you should take out. The last time Dallas won a full 90 minute game was over a month ago. The 2 1 win over Vancouver. Yeah. Mid-May. Yeah. It was uh, the 18th of May is the last time they won a full game. So, um, yeah. yeah. Know, well, you know, the, this defense has not been, up until recently, has not been terrible. Remember, we have also talked about how they haven't been getting any shutouts. It's slightly worse than last year. They're averaging, you know, just under a goal a game or just right out a goal a game given up. Well, when this that means your offense, if you want to win games, has to score twice. And with Jesus being the only guy capable of scoring, who's now gone for perhaps five games, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're left trying to scramble and grind even just to get ties, you know, and, and we're not seeing anyone up front, um, you know, with our, the big guns that are out uh, uh, are, weren't playing great even before they were out. You know, there's just not a lot of confidence right now from, I'm sure, the fan base. I'm sure internally to the club, they don't feel confident about their ability to score goals. It's probably not a good sign that the only nine they had available, they didn't bother to start, which is not that great of a uh, thing to have happen. But, um, you know, they're, they're in a real mess. Uh, the window's about to open. You know, maybe the guy they signed can provide a little something. When, we'll talk about that probably later. But um, there's not a lot of bright signs here that like, oh, it's just going to be like a game or two and it'll be fine. I mean, this feels like it could be you know, at least until Jesus comes back before you can get this thing going the right direction again because no one else has done anything all season. So at least I suppose if there's a bright side to this is that you did see Legette again who subbed in with about 20 minutes left in the game. Again, I didn't see it. Is there anything to his performance that should give anybody a feel-good thing to hold (laughs) just that he got in the game (laughs) just that he got okay yeah i mean you know look this if this team's gonna be any good he has to be good 
It, it's not just that Ariola needs to be good. Leggett has to be good. If Leggett's not good, then there's no uh, goals or assists out of midfield at all. Right, so you need him to be good, and it's not just the physical; it's the mental from the first half of the year because of his high-profile breakup or not or whatever it is. Right, unless he can get his head on right, this team has very little chance to be good. Good, you know. Jesus can come back and keep him grinding into the playoffs, but that's not the same as actually trying to do anything. Yeah. You know, Ariola, Legit, and probably Paxton too have to all come back and play well. And really, Velasco has to find himself again. He also seems lost. So. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask uh, uh, Dan. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this one for. I'm gonna give this one to you. Why don't you? Ooh. I want to hear your opinion about Mr. Alan Velasco. Hmm. Okay. So it's not been great lately, has it? Um, he really thrived in that offensive trio while uh, Jesus was firing. While uh, Paul Ariola was there. If Ariola's not playing well, you kind of get the reverse of um, what happened when you had uh, oh, well, Ding Dong. He scored the tap ins and was absolute crap. Couldn't defend. Couldn't defend to save his life. Um, yeah, I always forget his name. The Belgian fella. Um, anyway. Uh, the, the Belgian guy who was uh, Fabian Castillo's kind of replacement wasn't particularly quick. Um, teams just kind of laid off him. He wasn't a threat. He was never going to have the ball, but he'd nip you in. You mean and, the Hungarian kid? No, no, that was uh, that was that was uh, Shin. Oh, okay. Um, we're going way back. Like Ricardo Villar? Is that who you're thinking of? No, no, no. It was uh, 2017. Wow, I know you a... mean. Keep going. I know you mean. I'll look yeah. on with it. For some reason, I just Googled 2017 with no other context. That was <laughs> really stupid of me. Um, but, um, you know, teams would lay off lay off that one side. Um, uh, Barrios on the right would, would suddenly get double teamed. Uh, Mauro Diaz would suddenly get double teamed. Uh, and, and you're kind of seeing that a little bit with, with Velasco. He's, you know, they know he's not like the greatest one-on-one attacker. Um, and he's, he's getting more kind of pressure. Roland Lamar. Oh, Lamar. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I thought who I thought. Who I thought yes, you he does kind of. He is. This is suddenly starting to get Roland Lamar vibes a little bit. Yes. Okay, go ahead. But a, a little bit in the, in the reverse, right? Because you've got more attention kind of played, played to him. Uh, paid to him, sorry. Um, you know, maybe if he gets a good run with uh, when... When Ario, uh, when Ariola eventually returns, or uh, whether it's Hader Obreon, um, you know, a good run in a an, an offensive trio that kind of just sticks would be would be great for him. The whole chopping and changing between formation doesn't seem to really do him any favors. Um, but I, you know, I, I did notice something the other day. Um, made it out to practice uh, since on uh, Juneteenth. Thank you, federal holidays. Um, and uh, the first time he he kind of stopped at the end of end of practice, shook my hand, and said hello, and I was like, oh, he's he's opened up a lot. Like I know Paxton had talked about it last year about over the course of six months he went from uh, you know exclu- exclusively. Um, being pretty close knit with the Argentine guys to being open with the guys who spoke a little bit of Spanish and then trying to speak a little bit of English himself, but he's uh, just you know growing. It feels like kind of growing more into the team as as a part of the team, and hopefully his performances come back to to showing that. Dan, I thought you meant Victor Sakura, Dutch winger. Midfielder. Good lord, I do not remember that Deep cut. Yep. Holy crap. <laughs> you so remember his whiz. five minutes here at FC Dallas? No. <laughs> 2008. Yeah. Good. The end of the season, really. Yeah. yeah. I uh, obviously, I, again, I didn't see the game, but it was pretty apparent that Allen did not perform well. He's playing out of position, but this is also a season where he just hasn't performed well, period. Yeah. And I and uh, I just, I'm just trying to get a judge a sense of where you, uh, Buzz and Dan, are on your patience mm. level with him. Well, here's here's another indicator of how bad the game was. The two people that they let talk to media were Colin Smith and Amet Corsa, 
Doris <laughs> like that's who talked. <laughs> they got forced to talk. But I mean, um, Klaus is an obvious one. Yeah, um, he did get in, but that's not the point. The point is Velasco. So, um, you know, if you look at the statistics for what he's doing, he's still taking on players. He still wins duels and 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 comes back and, and does some good defensive things. He still passes at a higher rate. He's an aggressive going guy, guys. There's a lot of good in the stats that make you think there's still a lot of potential there, but it's not uh, connected or impactful. The choices he's making are uh, poor. I'm not going to say inexperienced. He's got plenty of experience, but they're not helpful. Passes are going slightly behind guys. Shots are going wide. He has almost no left foot at this point, and teams are heavily cheating him to the right, you know, and, and, and taking away that shot when he would cut inside. The only way he can even get it off now is to have it go, you know, five yards wide of the goal. Um, you know, we haven't seen a good free kick out of him lately. You know, he's not the, – the last pass or the last touch are not finding people in the goal. There's still so much that he does that you're like, man, I can't wait for this guy to get good. But it's not it's not there yet, and I I don't want to trash him too much because honestly, when you look at the lineup card, the only way they were going to win that game was if he did something spectacular. There was mm-hmm. there was nothing else available in that game that was made you feel like you had a chance to legitimately score. And then Sam Junko, of course, had two shots where he could have could have and should have scored, but uh, didn't because he's a left back and not a striker. I do wonder with uh, with Velasco how much of it's psychological. You know, he was part of a, you know, high-profile three. Thrived in it. You lose, uh, you know, Ariola kind of drops off. Suddenly he's, you know, he's one of two. Starts tailing off a little bit. Now he's now he's the guy. Yeah, focus of the defense. Even once Ariola was playing more poorly and then got hurt and Jesus was still here and Oram was still here, he already well, had more focus. And now I he mean, has all the focus. I mean, f- forget what the other team's doing. What what the fans thinking? What the teams thinking? Yeah, what fair. the coaches are thinking? That's a lot of pressure on a guy who, you know, we're only a few months away from. You'd see him in his locker and he's kind of like, you know, chin down in his chest, kind of minding his own business, um, you know. And it was kind of the same with uh, with Mauro Diaz quite a lot. Quiet guys who, you know. Um, Someone like Jesus is kind of built for dealing with the pressure. That's well, Jesus of, is you know, from here person. too, right? Like well, Jesus I, I grew up in that environment, so he knows what to expect. I, I mean, more his personality. You know, he kind of takes all that stuff on the chin. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, I'm not sure that maybe Velasco is or is yet. Well, I mean, he's a kid, right? And he's in a foreign country and is, I st- he, I'm assuming he's still here by himself, correct? He has some family here for a while, but I don't know if they just did a long vacation or they moved here. So he, he might be back on his own again. Yeah, I, I actually don't know. It's an incredibly difficult challenge oh, sure. uh, to I'm, do to make the move that he made. Well, I, well, no one's trashing him at all. It's just we're trying to identify you know, where the $9 million is going. Well, well, yeah, I mean, look, that. here, here's the deal, guys. I mean, we're still fans of this team, right? And we, wanna, we want the team to perform. He is the most expensive purchase this club has ever made. And we're now into, I mean, how many, how many months has he been here now? How, how long of, is it? We're in his second season, halfway yeah. through his second season? Yeah, well and over I, a year. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think it's unfair to ask the question, and take a measurement of where we are with him so far. Um, you know, how do you feel like there's been enough progression to feel like there's you know, there's still a lot of reasons to be hopeful that he will turn into the player we all thought he would be after that first Nashville game? Because in my mind, there's been you know after the Nashville game, there was a lot of like, whoa, wait a second, there's a lot of growth and and uh, work to be done here. And I'm just not sure we're seeing it, the the progression of it as quickly as you would like to for the club's most expensive transfer. No, I would agree with that. He definitely is not progressing uh, this season, I don't think. You know, but then I think a lot of it is the circumstances. You know, as we've talked about, uh, the other players getting hurt and all the attention coming on to him is not helping. Um, you know, but I definitely agree that we're not seeing improvement. 
you know, it's all still pretty good, but it's not any better than it was a year ago. And that kind of worries me a little bit. You know, mm. I, I would have thought year two, he'd be going gangbusters by now, you know, and, and that's what I mean by what's missing is that connectivity. You know, you can be, you can be pretty happy with the overall talent you see on display. And this is something we talk. It's not just him that we talk about this. We have these conversations about other players too. Paxson's the same way, right? Not enough on the score sheet. Sure. Legit this season, not enough on the score sheet. Now him, we give it down a lot of it to mental, right? Ariola last year. Great. This year, not enough on the score sheet. Like there has to be other people getting things done. And a guy like Velasco, you'd like to see that pop up in uh, things like key passes, um, you know, assists and stuff like that. You're looking at a guy with two assists on the season, you know, and he's played 16 games, two goals and two assists. That's not what you would expect out of a guy like that. The fact that the second highest uh, key pass player on the team, number one is Asus because he takes all the corners. So that bumps his key passing up because it creates shots. Um, number two is Obreon, who doesn't even start. So it's like, you know, there's a, there's a complete disconnect. And again, not just Allen, it's Paul too, for that matter, but he's not, he's not playing though. <laughs> so mm -hmm. now we're, now we're looking at Velasco. We're not seeing the impactfulness that you want to see with that kind of talent. Oh yeah. No, I think part of this reason why we're even having this conversation is because he's the only guy left out on the field, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the real story of the season is, is that three of your most critical players in the midfield uh, or at least in the attacking half of the team, have been out for what now seems to be an impossibly long amount of the season. I know Paxton's only been out for about a month, but I, I can't even tell you the last time I saw Areola and Legette play soccer. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, it feels like they might have played one or two games at the beginning of the season. Both of them at the last game in Austin. Okay, yeah. I mean, and that feels yeah. like forever ago. Beginning right. of May, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so poor Allen's the only one that's uh, knock on wood stayed healthy. And so maybe we are all just paying more attention to him than we normally would. But I also think it's still fair to ask the questions. Well, Dan saw those all those guys at training on Monday. Maybe he can give us a uh, injury update. Well, before we move on to before we move on to practice, I just want to make sure: is there anything else, uh, Buzz or Dan, about the game that we should? I mean, is there any bright upside to the game? Endelay's performance, well, Camungo, no. any of those guys, anything? I'll, I'll bring up Camungo. I thought, uh, you know, like I understood the idea of like a travel back from Tanzania is literally going to be over twenty four hours in on planes or waiting in airports. I get you that that's going to be a, a behemoth, but that kid is so young and healthy. He should have been able to walk in, in my opinion, and play. And I, what I saw for the limited time he was on the field, again, looked interesting to me. He, he was the most interesting player from that game for me uh, in terms of like other than just getting legit back. He was the only one where I thought I liked what I saw, mm -hmm. even though it was a very short period of time. But it begged the question, like, if you needed some offense, he scored a boatload of goals and assists last year at North Texas. I know, big step up. But if you're going to play Endele at forward, I, you easily could have played Camungo at forward, in my opinion. I don't buy this. He couldn't have done it getting off a plane. Since you were willing to play him, you might as well have been able to start him. So I, I know this coach is big on that, but uh, he made it back the day before. So I, I don't know why you couldn't have put him in. That's my biggest walk away from him with him. The only thing I've seen there is he gets back, probably doesn't train because he's get him back they immediately get the flight to austin and then it's like yeah you know, not, not even having him in the walkthrough team concepts i guess but you know it's mid-season it ain't spring oh, training I, yeah I, I just wonder if there's like any you know there's no way to gauge his fitness if he if he doesn't sure. even you know put on a training kit yeah hmm. Well, as uh, Buzz uh, promoted, Dan actually went to practice on Monday, uh, which, Dan, you haven't been able to do in a while. So uh, why don't you feed up a little Dan practice report, please, sir? For sure. Uh, just just before that, I think one other bright spot was uh, Sam Junker. Um, you haven't had a, a guy, you know, mourning the loss of Ryan Hollings' head was as much a, a thing of, oh, no, crap, there's a player gone from this position. Throw Ryan in there. Might not be you know, amazing, but serviceable. I think Sam Junker now has played, what, striker, left wing, right wing, right back, left back, uh, left mid, right mid. I think he even might have jumped in at centre mid for a minute somewhere. Um, 
he was probably the i mean not not necessarily statistically that was alan velasco but uh, i think really in terms of like the eye test he was potentially the most dangerous player out there okay uh he should have had that uh that one at the back post late on um but that's a left back finishing like a left back as as buzz said earlier um i just think for a guy that's kind of come from the the dynamo's development team uh he's actually become a pretty serviceable piece in in the roster without spending anything which is uh you know kind of uh kind of impressive yeah to be fair he had the best xg after velasco if you're into that stat uh, anyway uh so yeah uh practice uh yeah got in there on monday um you know saw a lot of a lot of defensive everything was was very defensive a lot of focusing on set pieces too um <laughs> but really i think the, the key thing was seeing um the jet train totally normally the whole session obviously we saw he then um you know came on as a sub uh you know, I, I wondered if, if coach was going to risk starting him because, say, you know, he did the full session. He kind of did it with the, what you would consider the starters at the time. Um, Paul Ariola and Paxton Pomacol were both uh, jogging over on the side the whole time. That's that's positive. They're at least out there. They're not working in the gym with a trainer. Um, so hopefully we'll we'll see some progression. They've got that nine day spell until i guess eight days now um until lafc so um you know that's that's quite a bit of time to uh, rest and recover no uh no tiki no well let me jump in on paxton you know we've, we've been talking about um this idea that they were being a little bit cagey uh on whether they were saying about him to be fair only the coach or PR from the organization is allowed to talk about health stuff because of HIPAA rules and all that as their employers. Um, PR usually doesn't talk, put it in press releases, the time's out, how long they're going to be out. And I think coach mostly has just forgotten. And because we, we've had so many midweek games, there's no training for me to actually get multiple questions in. And I'm not going to waste my one question on can Paxton play. So no one's been asking like how long Paxton's out. But I finally found somebody that knew the answer. And the original answer that Coach Nico said when Paxton got hurt was five to seven weeks. So it's been basically a month. So he's one week away from the early return based on Dan saying he participated some in training. That sounds about right. So I think we're looking at one on the, on the good side, one more week for Paxton on the bat on the downside, maybe three more weeks for Paxton uh, before we should see him based on that original five to seven weeks diagnosis. So that's some actual info on Paxton's injury that we have not had in a month. Five to seven weeks. When did they say five to seven weeks? I this is the first yeah. time I've ever heard that. Well, time frame. he he told somebody um, that I know, and I don't want to say their name because I wasn't sure they were being public about it. But he told somebody, uh, the the broadcasters for MLS, the um, and the person I know was in that meeting. And that's a public thing. And then the broadcasters, this I know it because they said the broadcasters mentioned it on the FC Dallas pre and post game show after he said it. And that's how I know it's public information that I could use is because Davis and Owen, Steve Davis and Owen Newkirk mentioned it and talked about it that when, when, when that happened. So even though the rest of us didn't get the five to seven weeks, the broadcast did and the broadcast said it, the FC Dallas broadcast. So it is public info. I'm not, I'm not getting anything out there. That's not important. Yeah. That's, that that's crazy because I feel like if we had known, or if I had heard five to seven weeks from the jump, I would have been a lot more freaked out about Paxton's situation than I was yeah. initially, right? Which was, oh, he's got a little right. quad thing going on, and then he just never, and then he like ghosted everybody. Yeah. What feels like now forever, and that's why you get to go into the point where like, what's really going yeah. on here? When all along it was like, no, we told you yeah. from the beginning it was five no, to I, seven. Yeah, weeks. I thought he was like day to day when it first got us a little quad thing. I mean, that's what I thought like, too. Like he had a rest game, remember? and he came back for one game and it's like i had a little quad thing i was like i'll be back next week you know what no no it's been yeah no originally it was a five to seven week diagnosis so you know again that's the thing is like the, the pr is not gonna put that in there so unless you happen to catch coach on a day he remembers to say that you know 
Because sometimes in those, on those Zoom calls, he's rattling through everybody really quickly. And he's also trying to ask some bigger questions because people ask like three or four questions at one time because they're not getting, you know, the, the time that they would want ordinarily. You know, oh, you should have uh, you should have come on the Zoom call on, on Monday. I was the only one there. Yeah, the one I didn't know about because it wasn't in the press release. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> stopped putting them in. <laughs> I don't know how you knew about it. Because <laughs> I, well, I was at practice and oh, I was asked, go. am I going to jump on it? Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to. And then I was yeah, that's how you knew, right? Was you were in practice. Yeah, nobody else knew. That's why you were the only one there. <laughs> Isn't it fun when you get coached by yourself? That's the beauty of one I love going to practice because he'll talk to me for 15 or 20 minutes by myself. It's awesome. Shh, don't talk to anybody. Yeah, don't give up Buzz's <laughs> trade secrets here on the pod. Christ yeah. almighty. Um, okay, anything else from practice, Dan, uh, that we should talk about before we move into the other news? No, it was, uh, I think... You know, I was a little bit surprised to see everything was so defensive, but with the number of bodies out um, on the attacking side of the ball, they you know drafted quite a few guys in from uh, North Texas SC. Um, maybe, maybe not that surprising um, overall. Uh, I will say there is a really funny thing. Uh, there is a uh, a walking boot that seems to be working its way around stuff. Uh, Drew Keechan <laughs> had uh, messed up his ankle or something um, a few weeks back. He's walking around with a wrap now, but I think he, I don't know if he had surgery or whatever, but uh, if you ever see him before games or, or at practice, uh, he is so involved in, in every uh, in every drill. So seeing him kind of having to participate in the walking boot was pretty funny. He's now out of that. Uh, Nacho Perea has now rolled his ankle and is mm. in a walking boot instead. So uh, we'll see how long it takes for that to uh, work its way around to Nico. It's the staff walking boot. Good player, Nacho. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the team doesn't play again, as uh, Dan or Buzz one or both said earlier, not for a while. Saturday, July 1st, LAFC comes to town. We'll talk more about that next week on uh, a future episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Now, while we're lamenting rosters and player injuries and all of that drama, there is news, yep. Buzz, as there was a signing. <laughs> Dallas signed a player and while Miami is out hiring uh, Lionel Messi, <laughs> Dan Hunt and co. decided to go to the Israeli League and hire a Ghanaian, Eugene Ansa. Never heard of him once in my life, but he is a winger forward type player, Buzz. And I'm uh, wondering if you know anything about uh, Mr. Ghanaian forward Eugene Well, Ansa. I can only tell you what the club said, which is that he can play as a winger in nine <laughs> uh, and that he's pacey. And, and the descriptions that the fans of that club gave is that he's five in Castillo except 28. And um, and I saw some videos, and it's exactly what he plays like, is five in Castillo. So get prepared for that. Um, I, I was amazed to learn that they have been tracking him for a year and tried to sign him at the start of the season. But of course, being FC Dallas, they waited six more months for him to be available on a free. So that's nice. So he'll be coming. Uh, the window was July 5th. So as soon as he gets his P1 visa and as soon as that window clears, then he could play theoretically. Now, you know, whether he's going to be in practice now, that's very possible. That happens quite a lot. Um, when, when their contracts are ending, they get to, in their season of the previous club is over. They'll just show up and get ready and get training and all that good stuff. Um, they'll have to leave the yeah. country to go get his P1 visa. That, you know, that can take a week or two sometimes uh, if you get the wrong country or the wrong guy's mad or whatever. You never know. And if it's not messy, Messi's will take five minutes, but everybody else is going to take a week or two. Um, <laughs> I was a little uh, interested. I asked Nico about him and. Uh, I kept seeing, you know, most places have uh, described him as a, a left winger primarily. He's he's a right footed left winger, which you know that that seems to be Dallas's thing right now. Um, but uh, all the presentation or the small amount from FC Dallas kind of labelled him almost more as a nine. So I asked, you know, where do you see him? What, what's what's his primary position? Do you think he's more of a nine, more of a winger, and totally non-committal? Nico answer. I think he can do well in both. That's why we brought him here as a player that can play both. It's another forward to add to the roster, depend on the game, depend on the availability, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, really, 
really likes his uh, his pace, his ability to get in behind defenders, and uh, and that versatility that he brings. Yeah. So between getting Hader um, Oberon back <laughs> next game, that'll be good. Thank God, the real MVP. Uh, Can you, do you believe you just said that? By the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, amazing, right? And then Ansa, hopefully, me and legitimately, you know, hopefully an actual real piece. You know, that'll give you some good options. You know, you had one guy on one side that could give you a change of pace sort of option, and now you'll have a guy on the other side that can give you a change of pace options. Now, I would say you could, you already had a guy, Bernie, can do that. But we talked a lot about this coach in particular. Uh, we joke that he hates kids thing. That's not what it is at all. He just he likes experience. He likes guys that he can, can trust to play a certain way. These young guys often don't play that, the way he wants them to play. It takes time to learn how to play. As, as you step up in levels, it's just the nature of the business. So another piece is good. A lot of people have asked me in particular if that signing means Jesus is leaving this summer. And I would say that they're completely independent of each other. A guy like this is not a guy that you replace Jesus Ferrer with. You're talking about a guy coming up from God, no, this I is a guy not. coming up uh, on a free from a relatively low level league compared to even MLS. You don't replace your $2 million striker who's leading your team in scoring in, in, in the MVP mix for two years in a row. A $2 million guy like that doesn't get replaced by a 28-year-old journeyman from a, the Israeli league. Right? This is not the same caliber player. So it's just a piece. It's a piece that they're really happy to get, I'm sure, because of the call-ups and the injuries that they've had. It's a They, they have said from back in the spring, they talked about looking for a piece at wing. They weren't talking about, oh, we need to spend $2 million on Paul Areola, just a piece. So this is something they kind of percolating behind the scenes a little bit. It wasn't high priority. It's not a massive player. There's no talk about it being a TAM or GAM sign, kind of signing. So, you know, you're probably looking at around or less kind of money, which is that veteran journeyman kind of money, Hollingshead money, uh, or Obreon kind of money, that sort of middle chunk of the roster. So um, hopefully it'll be a good piece. And, and we'll see. Don't expect it to change the world. This is not that kind of signing. This is a, if everyone's healthy, this might be a depth piece. You know, this is not necessarily going to be a guy who's going to start other than in, injuries or call are happening. Yeah, I, I would think history tells us to just bide your time and hold your water and just wait to see what he turns out to be and don't make any assumptions one way or the other. I mean, the floor um, is Giassi. If he's better than Edwin Giassi, fine. Well, oh. Giassi was on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Dallas has been littered with uh, failed winger types over the last ten years. I mean, Jettersons. Oh my God, the list Your, is uh, Santa, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, mascara. Yes, I mean it's an insane list of of uh, the, the aforementioned Belgian and um, uh, and Shabalik uh, Shone, yeah. and I mean, good lord, it's just it's it's like it's just the club's biggest black hole it's like the bermuda triangle position of uh, of Cobra. this club yeah uh, Cobra's oh. a forward <laughs> he was and he actually he did a, good things he wasn't actually a nine though he um, was a nine yeah. yeah i don't think i oh well, well we'll just have to wait and see i my guess my i'm assuming we're not going to see this guy play for the team Col the colorado game would be the earliest right yeah i, I you know, my understanding Which is three of three games rule, from now. Yeah. My understanding of the rules is that he cannot play before the window opens. Right. Th this is different than a loan player like Dante Seeley, for example. His loan runs out at the end of this month. He he already is a Dallas player. He has been a Dallas player the whole time. So the beginning of the month, he can play. Theoretically. This guy has to wait for the actual window to open unless you get some kind of waiver release. From his prior prior club, that yeah, can't happen. Yeah, because he like, bought his contract yeah. out, or he was actually yeah. out of contract. Yeah, because again, yeah. the same thing is like you have to wait for the window to add him. There have been weird cases where he kind of has to be free before the window. So, like right now, he's not free. It's because his contract won't technically end until the end of the month, right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, there's weird cases where maybe we could be wrong, but the rules as they should be run means he won't be available until July fifth. I know there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts in there. This is MLS, right? Crazy crap happens. So right. Colorado, yeah, would be the first game he could play. Um, if he, if the coach even believed like that fast, he could be ready. You know how this coach is. He's a little slow to integrate guys sometimes. All right. So 
Uh, Ricardo Pepe is in the news. Looks like he's making his move to PSV Eindhoven. I think we're all happy about that. Just related to a former player. Seems good. Yeah. And and by the way, I just want to congratulate Ricardo for having just the most kick-ass attitude about the whole Burhalter thing. I felt bad for him when he got a little bit ambushed in the post-game interview and was told that he, had, you know, Burhalter was coming back. I thought he handled that as well as he could, but I thought his his quotes the in the days that followed were just super mature and right on tone and and just the right thing to say. So I was hopeful about He's that. He's always been a kid who was very in the moment, very much like I'm, this is where I am, this is what I'm doing, and that's it. And he's always been that way, and I think he carries himself that way even as a pro. Uh, and then the other news we saw today is that Reggie Cannon now no longer has a soccer team as his contract was canceled with Boa Vista because, and I'm assuming this means that Boa Vista not only has not finished paying Dallas whatever the transfer fee was, but they have failed to make payments to Reggie in terms of salary. Yeah. I, I, if I had a dollar to bet, I, I, you'll never know, but I would bet that he and his agent were had the, all the paperwork ready to go like the instant they were late enough that they could file. I, I bet he's been itching to get out of there. It would be my guess. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they probably moved as fast as humanly possible once they miss whatever the deadline is. And I have no idea what it is. Yeah. I was just wondering how many payments a club has to miss before a, a player can cancel his contract. Do you know, Dan? No. I mean, I would imagine, I mean, it's just a, a period of time, but there is a European Union law uh labor law that kind of brought in a thing years ago now it was just never used but it was the right of a player to actually cancel their contract um and i think it it works out like if you have two years left on your deal uh, you can give notice like you would a regular job um there's there's some extra protection around you know so people don't just lose money for the sake of it but he has two years left on that, or he had two years left on that deal. So I would wonder if maybe they were a bit cute and um, kind of doubled up there and to, to get him out of a bad situation. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder where he goes. Um, he Luton obviously Town, is not... Huh? Luton Town, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Luton. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did, you know, I saw the news that they loosened up the rules over there about, you know, the requirements related to how much you've played for your national team and stuff. And the first player that came to my mind who would have benefited from that at the time was Reggie. Well, there, I remember when he went to Boa Vista, there were some teams in the championship that were interested in him because he couldn't, I, if I remember correctly, he couldn't quite get the Premier League level, but he could have gotten championship level. I think if I'm, I'm trying to do that from, you know, tickle in the back of my brain, but um, uh, you know, the same criteria. Yeah, the he was missing the U.S. national team appearances to get mm. the number of points to get him over the line. Okay. Yeah, the rule change that's been enacted isn't the change in the in the requirements. It's just in the number of players that could, that don't have to qualify for those requirements to fit into a team. Am I saying that correctly, Dan? Yeah, that's correct. It's, uh, four four players for Premier League Championship, two for leagues one and two. Do you remember yeah. him? Do I remember correctly him getting hurt right before the Gold Cup and that costing him the caps that he would have needed? Probably, maybe that's yeah. what, maybe that's why there well, were teams in the championship. It's weird because it's forty percent of of games over a two year period. He was only a pro for you know a, a starter for FC Dallas for two years at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I, I'm sure he would love to stay in Europe, but I'm sure there's also a couple of MLS teams that would love to have him. Um, but there's no way he's coming back to Dallas. I would assume. I mean, I can't imagine um, that he wants to. Uh, I'm sure he wants to stay in Europe. I mean, even if he wanted to come back, you know, Dallas isn't going to. Right now, he's probably close to a million dollars in salary. So Dallas is not going to spend that at right back, not when they have two other right backs. Now, if he was going to be interested in being a center back, I can see them being interested perhaps. But I don't think he'd be interested. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right, so there's all of that. Buzz, you want to talk about... Um, oh, yeah, what's this story I see about some Argentinian kid? Yeah, so that percolated up the last couple of days on the Twitters, you know, in the silly season. Originally, it was just talks about him coming here, but then a, a report hit this morning from a guy who's a reporter down that way with, you know, 250,000 followers, right, which adds a lot of legitimacy when a guy of that look kind of follower base reports something that it's a three-year deal 
Um, he's a 19-year-old kid from a club called All Boys, which is a Division II team in Argentina. Uh, he's a striker, attacker, and from the vibe of their fans, apparently he was their best prospect. He had played for their first team. He came up out of their 20 team and made it into their first team and played a few times with their first team. Apparently, however, they failed to get him to actually sign a contract. So he basically was walking around playing without a contract, and Dallas basically was just like, sweet, come to us. He's like, done. So th there's a bit of a, like he said, she said, on how that happened and whether or not Dallas may actually be paying them some money. But, um, again, this is nothing that, that you'll never see Dallas confirm anything like this until it's official, and nobody here will know. You know, it's all coming out of Argentina. But his name is Latoro Taboda, something like that. You know, a three-year-old, a 19-year-old striker, three-year-old, three-year deal on a 19-year-old striker. Now, this is the kind of player where, like, he could be Alan Velasco too, or he could be one of these stiffs that we see show up for North Texas and play five minutes. You never see him again. Like, we don't know. But a three-year deal, they usually don't, even at North Texas, they usually don't do three years unless they think you're a pretty bright prospect, like Hope Kodzo. Hope of AU. He's the only one I can think of that got three years at North Texas. So it either is a big investment at North Texas, relatively speaking, or it's a prospect for the future for Major League Soccer. Um, and you can add guys now for next season. So it may not even be like a um, walk in and play now if it's for FC Dallas. This like like you do with a homegrown, you can sign them and sort of just pocket them for next year. So it, it remains to be seen until we get something official, whether this actually is official. It just seems official-ish because of a guy of that stature reporting it. You, you feel pretty confident this one might actually be real because before this it was just like a radio show and like some podcasts and some other followers of that club were talking about it. So interesting when it pops up out of nowhere for a young kid like that. Well, I guess we'll all sit with uh, and bide our time till Latoro shows up and – puts his time in uh, over in Arlington at some point here in the near future. Yeah. And the, and the new U19s are in action and looking good. It says here on the running sheet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They've advanced to the semifinals of the MLS cup playoffs. Um, MLS next. You mean? No. Yeah. MLS next cup. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were sneaking the word pro. The stupid names of these leagues are dumb. Um, they call it MLS Next Cup Playoffs, so it sounds like the MLS Cup Playoffs, which is bad branding, in my opinion. But they're into the semifinals against the Revolution. They play at either 8 or 8.30 tomorrow, depending on who you ask. Uh, it's going to be streamed. It'll be on Apple TV. I'm going to turn it on at 8 and see if the game's on at 8. Um, Julian That's something you're going to be up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm getting up for that. I'm not, I'm not going to drive to Frisco. I have to leave at 6.30, but I'm going to watch it on Apple TV. Is Oh, it's being played here? Yeah. Oh, uh, the, okay. the whole playoffs is here. Oh, that's the play, right. That's the playoffs right. I knew the that. So I'll give you, if you like high-level youth soccer, there's some amazing youth soccer being played right up the street from you uh, here right now. You know, I, I only care about the FC Dallas part, but um, they're, they're playing the Revs in the semis and it'll be on TV. And, and it's like Diego Hernandez is playing so fantastically for North Texas right now. Uh, Julian Eystone's playing keeper for them, even though he's a U-17. He's playing for the 19s. You know, um, it, it's just a it's a pretty quality side, and they got a chance to win in the final four. So. Who are the other semifinalists? Uh, FC Delco and uh, Weston FC, which are two really really good non MLS clubs. Really? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the, Who have they gotten past so far in the tournament? Oh man, um, do you remember it at all, Dan? I can't remember who they played. No, I haven't looked at that side. They they played Miami Rush at one point. They played. Um, man, I remember. You know, okay. uh, there's not as many MLS U19 teams because a lot of MLS teams can. They're 19 programs that just move over uh. to next, MLS Next Pro. But there's still a lot of really good teams. You know, and Dallas always picks up four or five guys at the 19s because they move dudes up to MLS Next also. And they mm -hmm. fill out their 19 team with guys from other clubs, you know, including from Solar and Texans and stuff like that too. So um, they're pretty good and, and they're playing really well. And they got a shot to win it all. You know, they're, they're one of the better teams left, in my opinion. So. Um, watch it tomorrow at 8 or 8.30, whichever time it actually comes on. All right. And to uh, close thing out, uh, close things out, a little bit of kit talk. So what is this ongoing noise? I keep hearing that MLS has done some sort of deal with Marvel and they're going to re release Marvel-based kits. Am I in, like, is there yeah. a club going to get like a Marvel character-themed kit? Well, there's some generic MLS Marvel stuff and the 4th of July warm-up kit looks like a Captain America stuff. 
Um, you know, I we don't really know what all that's going to look like yet, so it kind of is a, to be announced. So, the All Star Game, uh, they they've got the tracksuits are uh, Adidas and, and Marvel. The anthem jacket is the match ball has all of the Avengers on it. Uh, they've made a Captain America ball, which I assume is just what they're going to use on July fourth. There's the Captain America July fourth pre uh, pre game warm up. Uh, I mean, they sign licensing deals all the time. Uh, this one, they've kind of hyped up a little bit more. And well, the language says of... there's going to be team specific stuff, but we haven't seen any of it, so we don't mm. really know. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's team specific Disney stuff, but it's the same Disney stuff, and it's just got the the team stuff on it as well. So, I mean, if it, it could just be an expansion of that, it could be, you know. Uh, it, it seems like uh, they they had those little graphics that went out, and it looks like all twenty seven teams are, are represented, or however many there are now. Okay, well, I guess that's something to look forward to. Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, it could be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> don't get too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like gimmicky man. I don't like gimmicky get stuff. You know that. Yeah, I guess I was trying to think if you had to apply Marvel characters to each MLS team, what Marvel character would you want your MLS team to be associated with? And I'm trying to think of who I would want Dallas to be associated with, and well, I can't. FC Dallas is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, dude. He's a kid, kid stuff. That's you know pathway to the pros and all that. That's you know, red, red, white, and blue. Uh, okay, I can. All right, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, all that's right. only until there's three Hulk kits. Yeah. <laughs> sure, exactly. All right. Well, very good. Well, uh, there's a solid hour of FC Dallas talking yeah. uh, and trying to get past all the sourness of last night in Austin. Can I trump at my Academy signings post that I did? This oh, week? yes, please do, Buzz. I'm sorry I failed to uh, refer to that off your list. Well, my it was time for my semi annual, uh, that's, that's twice a year, right? And screw that up. Um, Academy signing list. <laughs> Funny enough, I did screw it up because last winter they they so quickly sw- uh, signed Norris and and um, Tarek Scott that I, I didn't even actually bother to do my winter list because they went and signed two guys really fast. So uh, I skipped that one, but it's back again. And if I could just real quickly talk about the future, the number one guy is of course Julian Eystone, who we all know he's going to Duke in about a month. So clock is ticking fast on that one. Number two, I bumped back up Diego Hernandez because he's fully recovered from his car accident now, and he's playing really, really well for North Texas. He's going to Furman. I'd rather him stay here. I think it'd be better for him to stay here than to go to Furman. And the number three, I put Diego Pepe because even though he'd never been in the academy, because if you jump from East Dallas straight to North Texas and start playing and scoring there and then go back to the Dallas Cup and, and score against Real Madrid by knocking down Zidane's son to score – that's pretty damn cool, and I think he's a baller, and they should sign him even because he since he didn't play academy, he didn't really have any college lined up that I know of. Four is Anthony Ramirez, who's I've been talking about for three years now. He's the Mexican youth international that plays for FC Dallas, really good. He plays for North Texas a bunch now, breaking through. And then number five is Malachi Molina, who's the U seventeen right back who plays for Jamaica. He's Jamaica's under seventeen starter. So those are the big five. You can read all about why they're the big five, and then I even give you an X five in my article if you want to. So, see those so are. these are these are player top five players that you think are likely to sign homegrown deals. Not all of them, no. Um, I, I no longer am differentiating between homegrown and North Texas. I mean, these are just players ah, I think just that should pro be signed deals. pro deals with the team one way or the other. And I I, I've, I've added sort of a time frame element because, like, like let's say the new Messi, let's say he's eleven and plays for the U twelve team. Well, you're not signing an eleven year old, even though he'd be number one. Right, so I, uh, it's only guys that I think are have a time frame for the next basically six months. These are the five most likely, in my opinion, that could be signed over the next like six months. And I'll do this list again in January because like the last list, three guys out of the top six came off the list last time. So now I have a new five, and so uh, you know, come January, we'll see which of these guys are signed or not signed. Um, you know. Hmm. And I, I always have a lot of fun with that, and hopefully people enjoy the content. So go to the website. It's actually still there. <laughs> yeah. yes. Doing good stuff there all the time. Go to the website. Yay. Yeah. All right, Dan, anything else you'd like to discuss here? 
Yeah, a couple of things actually. Uh, I was looking at the the bracket uh, for MLS Next Cup. The other two semi finalists, neither of them played MLS teams. In fact, of the thirty two uh, teams that made it to the playoffs, only six came from MLS clubs. Well, that's probably the all the MLS teams. clubs that are left. Frankly, you know, you just have to win to get into the playoffs. It's like a top. Oh, that's three yeah, seven. yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. Dallas uh, was the 13th seed. Uh, Columbus Crew, th- third seed, went down first round. Uh, yeah. That would have been an upset. Yeah. Crew's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of them obviously suffer from the same issue uh, Dallas did. Like, the, the Revs were phenomenal last year. Uh, they had uh, Jack Panetiu, the Greek names always get me. Um, who who basically single handedly won the tournament? He was amazing. Uh, obviously signed a uh, a homegrown deal. Now he's now he's a pro, so he's not going to be uh, coming back to uh, to MLS next cup. But anyway, um, what was the other thing? Uh, you met, we met. We were talking about um, wingers and and stuff, and there was one that I just couldn't remember the name of, and it was Andres Escobar. Hmm. And if you pull up his Wikipedia, because I thought, oh, I wonder where he's playing now. It says Andres Escobar is a professional footballer and convicted rapist. Oh, no. Apparently, that's not in, funny, but that's funny. No, apparently uh, playing in Iceland, he, uh, well, he, he's serving two and a half years in, in a Reykjavik uh, jail, let's put it that way. Oh, man. I don't know if I could pick him out out of a lineup. If no, that's intended. a really bad phrase to use. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember the name, but man, that's my. I guess that just proves the point. There's been so many of them. He was the one that was. Pre- I think he was pretty close uh, with Fabian Castillo before when they were both in, and well, maybe he was close with. Barrio. I think he so, won ninety-one if I remember correctly. Isn't that that guy? It might be. Yeah. Hey, by the way, this reminds me, related topic, Jesse Gonzalez got a gig. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Guatemala, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> FC Dallas, home of domestic violence. <laughs> okay. Let's criminals. Let, let's finish it on a on a much better topic. Um there was one one good sign that came out of the uh, FC Dallas youth system uh, this week. Athalie Palomo, uh, one of the uh, FC Dallas youth uh, girls prospects, uh, signed with uh, Tigres uh, in Liga MX Femenil, the, the uh, Mexican Women's League. Uh, Tigres, uh, I think, won the uh, the championship in the oh, what's the first half of the season? This uh, Apertura. Apertura, yeah, um, and yeah. So I think they—I don't think they won the the second part, but uh, they will go to their campione campeones. So uh, yeah, we'll see where where uh, where she makes her debut. Um, went from FC Dallas, played at Pitt under Randy and and Ben Waldrum, uh, you know, two absolute luminaries of of women's coaching in the United States, and. Uh, Good to see that progression. Yeah, that's it. That is cool. I thank you, Dan, for giving us an up note uh, to finish off the podcast. Uh, Buzz, anything you got here soon or before we go? Uh, if, if, if we didn't mention this before, Dante Seeley actually is, has been, FC Dallas says, is in town and training. So that's, that's positive in the sense of him actually coming back and showing up and trying to make a contribution. Nobody knows where Justin Che is. <laughs> Okay. Yep. <laughs> Maybe at some point we should just stop caring. Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, they need the money. So either that or they need the player, one or the other. So we'll find out in the month. Yeah, right? for sure. Third Degree, the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. Shop Soccer90.com to get yourself ready for the Women's World Cup. They got all the sweet national team gear, cool new jerseys for the cup. They got balls from the World Cup. Man, everything you want. Pre-match tops, they got it all. Plus, FC Dallas, of course. North Texas, all that good stuff. SoccerNight.com. Use code ThirdDegree at checkout for 20% off. 20% off. Some exclusions will do apply. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Dan. I appreciate your time. Likewise. Appreciate your uh, excellent hosting. 
Well, thank you, sir. And thank you, Buzz, as always. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, sir, for being here with us. Yes, happy to do it, as always. Love talking the FCD with my buddies. Uh, All right, and thank you, FC Dallas Curious fan. We will speak to you next week before the big LAFC game on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. It's all going to get better. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast.